0: Leslie Sue Bird and Monica Wright what do these phenomenal women have in common basketball imagine this the stands are full and the roaring crowd is cheering for an impossible game winning shot to be made the ball hits the rim of the basket and the buzzer sounds The NCAA women's basketball team wins and the excitement allows the team to ride the high of winning a championship for their school. There are celebrations happening everywhere. And then the cheering stops. College senior athletes graduate and transition into their chosen career dictated by their degree. Not basketball, well, here's a fact. Professional women basketball athletes before 1997, if they wanted a career in basketball here in the States, they had to travel overseas for those dreams to be realized. This reality was depicted well in one of my favorite films released in 2000 called Love and Basketball by director Gina Plintz-Breithwood. The main character, Monica Wright, portrayed beautifully by Sinai Lathan, talks to her love interest, Quincy McCall, portrayed by Omar Epps, about her reality of how women are viewed in the world of basketball.
1: You jump in some guy's
0: face, you, you talk smack, and you get a, a pat on your ass. But because I'm a female, I get told to calm down and act like a lady. I'm a ball player, okay? Breithwood takes us through Monica's journey in four quarters, like a basketball game. Monica realizes her love for the game is much stronger in Los Angeles, her hometown, than overseas. In the fourth quarter, spoiler alert, the fictitious character Monica Wright appears at the end of the film alongside real-life player Lisa Leslie as they both wear the Los Angeles Sparks team jerseys. If Monica lived in the real world, her adjacent cool reality is realized in Lisa Leslie. Leslie's 12-year career in the WNBA includes her seventh draft pick to the LA Sparks in the WNBA's first season, being a member of Team USA, representing women's basketball for eight times, a four-time Olympic gold medalist, a three-time MVP, and two WNBA championships under her belt with the LA Sparks team. And currently, Leslie serves as a head coach for the men's triplet team within the Big Three League. And now, as many prepare to watch the Olympics, Suzanne Bird has been chosen to represent Team USA alongside USA baseball infielder Eddie Alvarez as flag bearers at the Tokyo Olympics. The Seattle Storm player has won four WNBA championships, a four-time Olympic gold medalist, two NCAA championships with UConn, and along with Leslie, Bird has been voted by fans as one of the top WNBA 15 players of all time. And at 40, Sue shows no signs of slowing down. Behind every phenomenal player in every league, there are great coaches. A league running adjacent to the WNBA is called the Women's National Developmental League or the WNDL. Today, we speak with WNDL coach and women's basketball mentor, Mr. Tony Thompson. He will share with us what it takes to be a focused athlete, the best way to network in the game of basketball, and we speak about our North Central College beginnings. I'm Valerie Johnson, and this is Interludes. interludes of pure lighthouse production we would like to thank our local title sponsor for supporting interludes a1 pest masters this episode is brought to you by our national sponsor montavia coffee and tea and now all the way live from the south side of chicago give it up for your host valerie johnson
1: Everybody everybody, here. everybody, everybody here. let's get, get into, into it. it. Yeah. Get, get started.
0: First quarter. Allow myself and our guest today, Tony Thompson, to walk down memory lane. North Central College connects myself, Tony, and our executive producer, Michael Womble also tony talks about the one person who helped him stay focused while at north central my producer uh he graduated from north central but you guys missed each other he came out in 95 um and you graduated in 90 is that correct yeah yeah i came out in 90 yep yeah so you you were with um tracy and
1: tracy and uh
0: rob brown Rob, yeah yeah that's mm-hmm. my class yeah that that's your class yeah that that was Y'all were the upperclassmen to freshies like myself, because I was a I freshman in, in '89. Like I got to tell
1: them, you no, know, it, 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 it's funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was talking to my son the other day. Said we, I get to be in that unique class because the high school class of '86 flipped around the same year I get I born, '68. So '86, '68, not a lot of us get a chance to to see those numbers parallel with themselves.
0: I know. And, yeah. yeah and
1: we were the largest minority class at North Central coming through the door.
0: Yeah. And, and did you all graduate? Because that a lot of people will come through the door and then you look around, see a year, the, the number is thin.
1: We so all graduated cool. together. That was wow. so unique. So Walter Walter was really involved with a lot of the stuff that we, we were involved with. You know, He was really uh, instrumental in getting into Chicago and really recruiting heavy. And he didn't realize that. Because of the basketball bringing us together in Chicago, that we knew each other's players. So, right. as we got onto the campus, it was it was easier. Then, of course, I had more upperclassmen that I was cool with, like Michael Drew and Curt Hudson and those guys. So, that made my life real easy, you know. And matter of fact, in 88, when they graduated, um, some of the upperclassmen thought that I was dumb. They're like, man, you, you flunk. Like, what are you talking about? Dude, ain't you graduating? I'm like, man, I'm I'm a sophomore. I, said, I just had, I said I was just debonair enough to have those friends classmate, you know. Exactly,
0: exactly. So that, that I mean that's always exciting when when I, I I bonded with um, Tracy and a few others. I think it was Vanessa. Yeah, Vanessa first? roommate. Yeah, um, and I just recently I just recently saw Jessica. But I think Jessica came out in ninety one.
1: No, Jessica came out with me.
0: She came out with you, yes. So she um she had something over her house. And Sandy Barnett, she was like, You gotta get in touch with Tony. <laughs> He's doing things, he's doing big things, you got it. And I was like, okay, Sandy, okay, Sandy. I'll reach out to him on LinkedIn. I think we're friends on You know, so this is, you can thank Sandy Barnett and
1: Jessica. Sandy, I'm gonna tell you, now Sandy was younger. I think Sandy came out, what, a year before you did?
0: Uh, She came out, yeah, I think she came out in 92 or 91. Yeah,
1: I think, think, yeah, cause Derek is, I think she's with Derek, I think she's with Tracy
0: Husband. Well, Tracy's husband was with me in 93.
1: Okay, so so she came out here. So she was ninety two, I think. She was ninety two, yeah. Right. So Sandy got in touch with me. I want to say a few years back, she was doing some coaching and doing some things, and um, we happened to catch each other on LinkedIn. And she asked me a a favor, and I made some phone calls and opened some doors. And she's like, "Oh my god," you know. So we've been connected. If I had any big fan from school, Sandy's (laughs) my (laughs) girl. One thing I would like to mention that I give my entire uh personal development uh from school on none other than Esther Benjamin uh Esther is a good friend of mine okay. uh when I was struggling at north central I was the only black political science major on the campus at that time mm-hmm. and uh and Esther Ben uh, who she was uh Indian and, and she she refused to let me stop even though Dr. Frolic would kill me you know and uh okay. And she just made it to the fact that, Tony, I'm not gonna let you fail. And she got me heavily involved in what we were doing. Uh, we had to go out and subscribe to the New York Times newspaper and we joined the Model United Nations. Uh, I got uh, an opportunity to find out where she was from and parents and all that. Well, fast forward, obviously Esther's doing everything she's done, still on the board you know, with North Central, um, just came out of being CEO of Oprah Winfrey School over in Africa. Wow. And, uh, and then she's with the U.S. Peace Corps. Now she heads up a humongous educational company out of New York City. And we still talk today. And some people, you know, as they move on, whether or not they become wealthy or a next level status, sometimes they forget who you are. Mm-hmm. She's never done that. I mean, when I reach out, I say, EB, what's up? I, I still talk to her as though we're classmates. I don't give her that Miss Benjamin thing, you know. And she reaches out. And I've asked her for help on certain things that I'm working on projects. And she's always said, hey, whatever I can help with, boom, been able to do it. And that has been a blessing.
0: Second quarter, let's break it down. What exactly is the WNDL or the D-League? Tony Thompson lets us know.
1: Uh, I had an opportunity to get an opportunity to partner with the league called the Women National Developmental League and then WNDL. And they've been working the last year very hard, 2017, 2018, to become the affiliate for the WNBA, similar to what the G League is for the NBA for men. So they've expanded some opportunities as teams to grow from three teams out of the New York and Connecticut area. And now we've expanded to eight teams across the country. Um, we are part of that. So we've got uh, Connecticut, the team is in New York, uh, Philadelphia, DC, Atlanta, Charlotte, Nashville, Tennessee, and Milwaukee. So I'll be coming closer home when we come play in Milwaukee, let you know, maybe get some people up in that game for me. Um, And Mark Baldwin, CEO, had a great idea and vision a while back uh, to eliminate a lot of our young women who graduate and don't get the opportunity to go to the WNBA. Mm -hmm. Uh, Women are different than men, and, and the fact that uh, they will just continue their education, uh, majority of them. Uh, it's over 125 to about 150,000 women each year that graduate that don't make it to the WNBA. So the ones who do want to continue their playing opportunity end up overseas. Uh, and then when the pandemic hit, obviously that set a lot of stuff down, kind of changed the mindset, kind of changed the way we think and how we kind of you know, counter react. So the, w, the WNDL, says, hey, instead of sending these young women overseas, let's do something at home so that we show the women that you are important. You graduate just like the men have created this secondary league in the G League. We want to do the same thing and give you an opportunity to stay, play professional ball and do it in the United States. Okay. Um, As a basketball coach,
0: who are your role models? Who do you consider to be the best people that coach the
1: game? Well, um, this is kind of funny for me and my growing uh, because I'm probably going to embarrass my two guys and good friends of mine. But I had the wonderful opportunity a few years ago. I got a pretty large AAU program here. Uh, I moved from Chicago, so now I reside in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, love this. It's the new Chicago, by the way. Everybody from the city is here. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> you didn't brought them south. You didn't brought them south. Brought him, just bring my food and I'm going to be good. Bring me my food and I'm OK. So, um, <laughs> I've had the wonderful opportunity over a decade, get an opportunity to know uh, none other than Johnny Dawkins, uh, Coach, Coach Dawkins. I met him when he was at Stanford, yeah. and, and he is now at UNC, uh, UCF in Florida. Mm-hmm. And uh, okay. and then my good buddy of all who I talk to almost on a weekly basis is none other than Conzo Martin. Uh, mm-hmm. Coach Zoe and me have gotten real real tight. Um, he gives me uh, a lot of his blessings. Talks to me about just more than basketball, just about the interaction of of players, uh, keeping God first, making sure that I'm doing the right thing. And uh, and if I got a questions, he's never too busy for me. If I need some help, he always reaches out and he responds to me. And sometime when you reach out, Val, even in your industry and you need help from somebody of higher power, sometime if it's not the right person, they think they're much bigger, they don't, you know, they don't reach back. Right. And uh, these guys talk to me constantly and. Whatever I I need, they help me out. So I I, I see those two have been very instrumental in my my growing and it's helped me out tremendously.
0: Wow. And and since you're talking coaching, what's your coaching style? What style of basketball will fans see uh, when this this summer you will start coaching?
1: Well, I have you know, from my, my kids I've had over the years played at AU, they they call me the coaches coach. Uh, because I can still play Val. Hey, I still get on the court. So That's up? That's what's oh, up. Yeah, so I think the players they respect you when they know that you played the game. Amen. You know, like myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the style that I like, I still I still coach like I'm in Chicago. I still get up. We like to run. Mm-hmm. I like to play good aggressive defense. Uh, I'm going to run you. I'm going to I want to make sure the the fans are not coming to watch anybody walk around. You know what I mean? Right. So I want to bring an exciting style of basketball, fast breaking style of basketball. You know, I want these young women to be in position that if there is a call from a WNBA team then these women are ready to take that next step and they're ready to step right in and be ready to play, not having to sit and be developed. This is why you got the developmental lead.
0: Halftime. Basketball coaches definitely know about other great coaches. Here's Tony's thoughts on a possible future WNBA female coach, Becky Hammond. What are your thoughts on Coach Becky Hammond? who could become the first female head coach of an NBA team
1: over the summer. That would be exciting. You know, I've been involved out right now over a decade right now for women's basketball. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, you know, Kobe had a lot of huge things that he was trying to project and get done. Mm -hmm. And to see Becky make the moves that she's making, to see other NBA teams hire a lot of women in the executive positions, uh, coaching, system coaching, scouting Mm -hmm. operations, it just shows that now uh, the game is played on the court, but it can be taught from the sideline the same way. And I think Becky she, she she's had her um, uh, what is the good word she's had her her time, and wow. it's time for, you know for them to make some changes. And, and she got guys to listen to her, and I think she's gonna do well.
0: Wow, that'll be exciting to see. And I'm 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 just knowing that she's there and representing very well.
1: Third and
0: fourth quarter. Let's wrap it up with Tony to find out more about the WNDL and his mentorship style. And what's the difference between a premier male basketball player and a premier female basketball
1: player? I just say, you know, basically, you know, by the physical eye would be just the statue. You know, I would say just the physicality. Of course, the men is going to be uh, more athletic in terms of uh, being able to jump and do the things that they do. But Val, you know, I I was on the men's side for eight years. And when I moved over to the women, I never went back. Uh, They listen more, first of all. Uh, Okay. That's good to know. Yes. And they actually, in my (laughs) personal opinion, the women play harder uh, than men. They're Uh more physical because there's not many women in this game that can dunk. Okay. Give the Britney grinder, you know, and players of that nature. But there's not a lot of that that you see on the women's side. So, the women really stick to the fundamentals of the game a lot of passing a lot of screening they're very physical i got some guys that i know said man i'll play off some of the uh, WNBA girls one-on-one i said yeah you'll get killed too and embarrassed <laughs>
0: <laughs> so <laughs> yeah could you project that candace parker would make a bigger impact in base basketball than say an anthony parker i don't know
1: yeah man i i love candace oh my god you no know, so candace you know I, I, first of all Welcome back to Chicago, Candace. Way to come home. You know. Uh I remember when she was she was running around with braces and pigtails over at Naperville North and we were bringing her and little Tony over to the school plan. So oh, wow. you know, we go way back on that. But to see her grow mm-hmm. and do that and carry that name, um, she's always, you know, stuck close to home in Chicago. A lot wow. of people leave home and, and they never, you know, come represent home. I tell you what, if you ever, Val, see any of my players here, I mean, even though I'm in Nashville, mm-hmm. they think I'm still in Chicago, but I rub Chicago every day. Something, hat, shirt, you know? <laughs> so, but uh, but I think Candace is a presidential elite ball player. You know, I think that when, when it was kind of, range was kind of turned over to her mm-hmm. to be the next superstar, mm-hmm. she's done all that. Um, been a mom, raising a kid, Mm-hmm. You know, still handling her business on the basketball court, going to work every single day. Um, she's on NBA TV with Barkley and shacking the guys as analysts. analyst. Uh, I mean, just multi-talented. And uh, she is very one of, one of those, if you're going to have a young lady or a young girl come up in the ranks,
0: mm-hmm. then
1: Candace will be definitely one to look at and see how she got the job done.
0: Yeah, Yeah, but I've been hearing good things about her. Tell me about Prospects on the Rise. Where did the idea initially come from and what's the status of it on today?
1: So what I did is uh, as I was coming through, had my son starting to play ball early on. Val, At that time, I was at Fisk University and uh, moved from Fisk University to Volunteer State Community College, which is a community college uh, just north of Nashville. And uh, they're in division one in the uh, junior college rank, region seven. And oh. as I was doing that and running my AAU program, what I was finding out, uh, no different than there in Chicago, uh, everyone yeah. can't go play for DePaul, right? Everyone yeah. can't go play for Northwestern, uh, but there's a lot of schools, St. Xavier's of the world. There's a lot of smaller schools that you can go play. So right. what i thought about is how can I affect the way that these guys are coming out, high academics, they have everything in order, but they just don't have the opportunity to play basketball. So I started to think one day, I said, you know, man, I, I got to get these young prospects and do something. And then me and my buddy started talking. I said, you know, he said, well, what's the concept? I said, I just want to, you know, make them rise up. And he said, man, that's it. And it's just born. Prospects only rise. I like so it. So the concept behind it is I take the prospect and whether they're from high school, they're rising all the way through their starting level, whether it be uh college or nba or overseas or whatever and uh we held our first uh high school um combine showcase back in 2010 2011 and it's been growing since then and now i got kids coming in as far north as ohio indiana Mm. georgia alabama uh and we bring in about 60 65 kids every year including uh small junior college coaches uh NAIA coaches Division three coaches and a lot of division one and D two, they, they'll watch if we have it uh, recorded. And uh, it's been great. And it's given some opportunities, Val, to a lot of kids that's not been on the radar. A lot of the coaches have come in and a lot of the junior college coaches have said, Hey, I like that kid. And now a kid goes from nothing to now you get a chance to continue his education.
0: Wow. And that's been going on for ten, over 10 years,
1: over a decade now.
0: Wow, and you bring them all you bring them there to you in Tennessee. Nashville. Yep. How often have you talked with certain folks to have speak to your team to inspire them? I know that probably happens often.
1: Oh, I'm gonna give you one right here. Oh, uh, okay. That that you're gonna go crazy uh with. And uh so <laughs> the guy that came into Nashville and killed all the people in the Waffle House, oh. uh the guy that saved everybody, James, uh he came by and spoke to my my, my team. Uh, it, was, it was a blast. It was just really, uh, really wonderful because that was a, a heart-wrecking thing that he could have been killed in the process. Right. But uh, but God um, told him what to do. And when he came and spoke to my team, they were kind of nervous to ask some questions. Like, you know, hey, what, what really happened? What this? And he said, man, he went on and told him, You know, and he just said, I, I had a split second to react. Mm-hmm. And it was either... Hopefully sit here and don't react and more people get killed. Or this guy's gun just jammed. Let me react right now, maybe save some lives. And obviously he saved lives and jumped on the guy, got the gun out of his hand and then the rest is history. So he's came in and spoke to him. Uh, my team, I've had, uh, I've had uh, some of the NFL guys from the Tennessee Titans come in. I'm good friends with those guys. I'm actually planning a, a golf tournament with them this weekend coming up. Uh, I've had some of the basketball players I have a lot of my college coaching buddies come in and talk to the guys. And I think it's been real good, Val. And that's why the program as I run is I get the respect from the kids because they know that I'm not just there just run the program. But I'm actually there trying to make a difference, trying to help them out.
0: The Women Developmental League that you are going to be coaching is going to start right around the time the Summer Olympics in Tokyo is going to get going, which is supposed to feature a a USA Basketball Women's National team of former WNBA stars. Are you concerned that people might focus on that team and lose focus on what's going to be happening with the developmental league?
1: No, I don't think so. And and I'm not knocking the Olympics this year. I think that with the situation with that new virus, D, that Mm -hmm. just popped up, Mm-hmm. I don't know if they do. One thing I can say is basketball got it right. Out of all the sports, yeah. basketball got it right. And I applaud Silverman and everybody. They put the guys in a bubble, and with LeBron and the guys down in Florida. And i played in the Milkhouse hundreds of times in Florida, so I know that campus. Oh. And when they put them on that campus and showed how it was done, and then the NCAA followed up with that, with the men and the women. Yeah. So when it comes to the Olympics, i don't think it'll be a problem with the basketball because it's in-house they can grab one gym in in, in china and mm-hmm. they can house the players and do what they need to do but as far as the other part the track and field you know, the other um, parts of the olympics i don't know when it comes to the developmental league if we're getting off i don't think it's going to affect us much because we'll have our my official tryout for nashville will be july 24th and 5th here in nashville Mm -hmm. and we won't start practice until early august the season doesn't kick off until november so Mm the olympics will be done so i i think it'll give our girls an opportunity to take a look at the olympics take a look at the teams and all that and just continue the excitement
0: wow and it looks like you guys are going to be getting started around i guess when the nba is will be back up and, and running
1: Yes, yeah, so as the WNBA is coming down, we're, we'll be starting up right with the NBA season, and uh, we've got uh, eight teams so far uh, mm-hmm. that's in, in the in the league, and they're growing, and that's basically the Eastern Conference, and then they're looking to grow the other eight teams West. So over the next year, we got a complete 24 um, team roster that we're all over the country, really making some noise.
0: Wow. If someone wanted more information about Prospects on the Rise, where would they go?
1: Uh, just send me a quick email or they can come to my website at Prospects on the Rise. Mm-hmm. And, that, and by the way, that Rise is spelled with a Z. <laughs> uh, so, so play on words, you know, and all that. And uh, my email address is absolutely the same as Prospects on the Rise at Yahoo.com.
0: Wonderful. And the t- the league will start in November. So will that air on like a sports channel, ESPN or something local? Where would, it, where would it
1: air? I think that they are working with Baller TV and a couple other you know, uh, media uh, to work on it. Mm-hmm. They've also got their internal media uh, out of New York, oh. uh, headquartered out of Brooklyn, uh, in New York. So they do a lot of the media stuff there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michelle Oates is the executive administrator mm-hmm. uh, with the WNDL, uh, they've been great. And Mark Baldwin is the CEO. And they've they've handled things great. And I think they'll have all that and play it well.
0: Wow. We should probably have you back when the team is getting ready to get going. And if people wanted to watch, they would know where to to find, uh, find you. And that'd be great to just see you, Coach. It's so good to talk to you. Tony Thompson, thank you for
1: joining us. Thank you, Val. I appreciate it. Anytime, and I would love to get back. And then next time also, as we get things together, I would love to bring a couple of my girls in, you know, and that would be awesome.
0: We would love that. Oh my gosh, I would love that. I'm Valerie Johnson, and this is Interludes. Smooth move like that. I jive like that. I roll like that. Yeah, I'm thick like that. I stack like that. I'm down like that. I'm black like that. Yo, I funk like that. I'm fat like that. I'm in like that because I swing like that. We jazz like that. We freak like that. We zoom like that. We out. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen it? It's the weekly chat with EP Michael Womble and Valerie Johnson. Interludes Extra presents Talk on Tuesdays. Starting in August, Join us as we break down the latest topics surrounding music and movies and politics every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, live on our Interludes YouTube channel. Interludes, original concept by Valerie Johnson, written by Michael Womble. Produced by Valerie Johnson and Michael Womble. Original intro and outro music produced by Kendall Nesbitt. Interludes, a pure Lighthouse production. Brought to you by our national sponsor, Montavia, The natural weight loss coffee and tea, brewed with MTC oil and Ramon seeds. For more information and to purchase Montevilla coffee and tea, please visit link tr.ee forward slash pure light media our local title sponsor a1 pest masters for all your exterminating and pest control needs call a1 pest masters at area code 773-365-9962 or visit their website at a1pestmasters.com when you book your appointment with a1 pest masters tell them that you heard it first on the podcast called interludes To subscribe to our YouTube channel or join our Interludes Facebook group, visit the website linktr.ee forward slash Pure Light Media.